Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, first question. You have returned from Bojangles. Was it everything that you were uh, you were hoping to get out of that drive through experience? Always love me some Bojangles. Unfortunately, it took me a little bit longer than usual to get my food, but hey, I'm back. Yeah, well, I mean, what, what's the order there? Is it, you know, chicken and... Or, or what, what are we getting if we're going to Bojangles? Oh, you're getting that. Uh, you're getting the six-piece tender, and you got to get the uh, the mashed potatoes with it. Oh, yeah. There you go. Biscuits, yeah. I mean, biscuit, traditional. Sweet tea, half and half. Always, always the sweet tea. All right. Always the sweet tea. Yeah. Well, I, I'm getting to the age where I'm like an old man, and I, I don't know if I can handle full sweet tea at all times. So, Fair uh, yeah, what a time to be alive. Mike, re- week eight. We got to uh, recap some games here. Uh, thanks again to our friend uh, Justin Cates for stepping in and helping us to preview these games uh, with us on Thursday of last week. We had four games, Mike, and let's just start by saying this. Uh, none of them went how we thought they were going to go, basically. Um, there was only one of the eight spread picks that Justin and I made combined that was correct, and that was my Virginia plus seven pick. Otherwise, all of them were wrong. Um and so it's it's it was a I, I was gonna say it's an unexpected week in the ACC, but I think maybe the picks we were banking on a little more chaos or uh, you know a little more um, unpredictability, I think than we actually did get. It was maybe a little more chalky than it was expected to be. Probably the case. And you know, of course, I listened to the podcast. Justin did a great job. So yeah, definitely big thanks to him. He- <laughs> in all seriousness, I got stuck at work and it was kind of a last second thing where I kind of called you and was like, yo, we got to get somebody to fill in tonight because I am super screwed at work. And um, literally five texts later, <laughs> Justin was like, yep, I'm on eight o'clock. Boom, we're done. Um, so that worked out great. So big shout out to him. Uh, you guys made the joke on the preview that I would basically like all my picks would be assumed by Justin. Ironically enough, Justin called all the games that I would have called with the exception of Virginia covering the spread against Duke. That's the only place where I disagreed with him. Um, Not even like a big disagreement because Justin wasn't sure. He said, "Okay, Duke by eight, I guess. Uh, I think originally he said Duke would push. You know, Duke would win by seven. I, I, I was thinking, okay, Duke would probably win by five or six points. So that's the only place where I would have differed with him. And I guess that's the only game I would have gotten right, uh, given the fact that you guys agreed on all the picks this week. And I was in the same boat as you all. So yeah, I, Virginia covering against Duke and outright winning. I would not have called the outright win, but them covering the spread was the only game I would have picked right as well. Well, it was that kind of week. Um, let's let's recap these games. Let's start with the big one, Mike. Um, first of all, number three, Clemson, 41, number 16, NC State, 7. I think, you know, if you look at the score at halftime, it was 24 to nothing. I think this game was a little more competitive than that would lend itself, you know, to, to make you believe. And yet, 
Um, this wasn't really that close of a game for a lot of it, and, and Clemson really just stepped on the throats of NC State pretty early on here. Clemson looking like a pretty different team over the last couple of weeks uh, since since getting a healthy Trevor Lawrence in there at quarterback. Uh, yeah, they look real good. Um, you know, obviously they screwed around a few weeks ago. Trevor Lawrence got hurt. They barely eke out a close one uh, against Syracuse. But since then, they look phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. This was not what I was expecting. I thought NC State would cover 17. I also... For those of you who follow me on Twitter and Joey, you mentioned this on the preview as well. Hey, if you're going to bet on NC State to cover, you might as well throw a few bucks on the money line because NC State was plus 550 on the money line. So I did not make a huge bet on that, but I did throw a little bit of money down for there as well. Uh, I thought Clemson would win this game. I did not think they would win it 41 to 7. Uh, NC State's offense was pretty surprised that they looked this bad. Uh, very dominant performance by Clemson. Ryan Finley only averaged 4.6 yards per completion, 156 yards passing in this game, two interceptions. Uh, Reggie Gillespie was the leading rusher for NC State, only had 59 yards and a touchdown on the ground as a team, 32 carries for 104 yards. Now, these are non-sack adjusted numbers, but still not very good. Um, 3.3 yards per rush. Uh, for NC State in this football game, they really struggled. And on the flip side, their defense could not even come close to slowing down the Clemson offense. Travis Etienne, although he had only 39 yards rushing, he got in the end zone three times. Trevor Lawrence, 308 yards passing and a touchdown in this game. Not a whole lot to say here, Joey. This was a completely dominant performance by Clemson. Uh, If anything, we've learned a lot more about NC State. We've talked at length on this podcast about hey, I wonder if we would have a better idea about what NC State is or isn't if they were able to play that West Virginia game. Well, NC State finally plays a really good team, albeit on the road, and they got murdered, Joey. And now we know a lot more about NC State. Probably a pretty diff- uh, probably a pretty decent team, but Clemson's just on another level in the ACC this year, as we all predicted. And this game was a lot bit, a lot um, I- I was hoping the NC State could keep it competitive, but this went a lot differently than I expected it to go. 100%. Um, the Travis at the end line was definitely like really funny to look at. 15 carries, 39 yards. Not efficient, not all that productive. Oh, also three touchdowns. Like <laughs> he made his carries count and you know, he made the yards count when he was able to get them. Um, yeah, this is a. I'm curious to see what this does to NC State for the rest of this year. Um, they go on the road to the Carrier Dome next week, which, man, that that could be really dangerous if they come out flat in that game. Um, and you wonder about them being able to come back, you know, in the way that, like, you've seen Alabama kind of break some of the SEC teams. You know, they'll play mid-year, and, and those teams come in having played pretty well, and maybe they've only lost one game or whatever. Alabama just sits on them, and then the rest of the year they're just useless, right? Like, those teams can't can't win and, and don't ever look right again. I, I wonder a little bit about that happening with NC state here. Um, at the end of the day, Clemson though, looks like they are really turning on the jets. They look really, really good. Um, I think we're getting war machine Clemson here. They've got five games the rest of this year, Mike at FSU home against Louisville at Boston college home against Duke home against South Carolina. I think Clemson's running the table here. I think so, too. Uh, South Carolina, a competent team in a rivalry game at the end of the year. But South Carolina has been sputtering a little bit here and there the last month or so. You know, I, I 
the BC game could potentially get a little hairy just because BC has got a pretty good defense and who knows what happens, you know, if you're able to produce the turnover or two, but I don't see BC scoring enough points in that game. And ah, man, I do not see Clemson losing this weekend. Do you, um, against I don't Florida think State. so. I don't see that happening. Florida State. I don't State think so. We'll get into the Florida State game here in a few minutes, but yeah, can't see Clemson losing. I mean, it's, it's not it's not too tough of a schedule here in the remaining games. And, I mean, they are on fire right now, both offensively and defensively. Yeah, statement win by Clemson. Once again, Tigers 41, Wolfpack 7. Let's move on, Mike. Virginia, the Cavaliers 28, Duke 14. Uh, big win for Virginia. This, honestly, in a lot of ways, puts them in the driver's seat in the ACC Coastal Division. Um, big win for them. Biggest takeaway from this game, you know, for me was Duke's offense. Woof. Woof. Not They're good. Bad. They're bad. Not good. 27 carries for 58 yards as a team. Daniel Jones, 22 of 40 for two, like 240 and two picks. I mean, not a good performance. They struggled to get first downs at all, even just in the first half. I, I think they, were, they had three first downs in the first half going uh, up until they had a touchdown drive late. Man, not a good performance from Duke here, and Virginia quietly better than we thought they was they were going to be. Yeah, they're not bad. Um, I, I don't know. Duke's bad though. I've never been sold on Duke, Joey. We've talked about that all year. I have not been sold on Duke. Uh, you only beat Georgia Tech. We talked about this on social media for those of you who follow us uh, yesterday during the game. Um, you know, Duke. Only beats Georgia Tech by 14. Georgia Tech's a pretty bad team this year. They get blown out by a mediocre Virginia Tech team at home. They lose at home yesterday, of course, to Virginia. Um, yeah, I don't think Duke's very good. Uh, Daniel Jones has not looked right since he came back from, uh, you know, in, in a span of like two and a half weeks from that uh, fractured collarbone. He has not looked right. The defense for Duke is okay, Joey, but this offensive line, I think, is the source of their struggles. Um, the offensive line has not been very good. They're not running the ball very consistently at all, and Daniel Jones has been wildly inconsistent as well. So you add those three things together, you're not going to have that great of an offense. And, you know, the defense can be as good as you need it to be, but if you're not able to score points, especially with some of the opponents they're facing here in the ACC, uh, you know, you're going to struggle. So... I don't think Duke's very good. Uh, Virginia, obviously, a couple touchdowns better on Saturday. Uh, the most important thing for Virginia here is that Bryce Perkins didn't turn the football over and actually looked okay in the passing game. Uh, 20 of 32 for 189 and a touchdown. Also had 61 yards on the ground and a couple scores. Uh, Jordan Ellis had 55 yards on 12 carries, averaged 4.6 yards per rush, so that's pretty solid. Virginia had some balance on offense, and if they're able to keep that rolling, they're the favorite in the ACC Coastal. Um, uh, of course, they have. I can't believe that's a sentence we're saying, but yeah, they they could be considered a favorite in the Coastal. It's it's certainly looking more and more like their game at at Blacksburg at Virginia Tech on Black Friday uh, could decide more than just hey, Virginia Tech's beaten them 15 years in a row. Uh, this could be a much bigger game this year, especially if Virginia has a chance to go to the ACC championship game for the first time in a very long time. So. It's going to come down to Virginia and Virginia Tech. At least that's how it looks right now in the third week of October. But we'll have to see how things shake out here for the next five or six weeks. I, I can't tell you that there is a better indicator of what kind of a year this is than 
we're sitting here in late October talking about Virginia being in the driver's seat in the, in the conference and maybe maybe being the best team in the division. I mean, that that is that is a bonkers thing to think about, you know, given where this team was like a year ago and what we what we were expecting from them coming into the year, all this stuff. It was a it was a weird uh, it's been a weird year, Mike. It's been a weird year. There are not there are not many good teams in the coastal division and Virginia could be like a low key trash nine and three. Um, the strength of record would not be very good um, yeah. just considering who they're playing. And that's going to be the case with whoever the coastal representative is. There are a lot of pretty mediocre teams in the ACC this year. I'm not sure how good Virginia is, but they're a little bit better than some of the other trash teams in the division. So that might be enough. Like you got a competent defense. You got like three competent players on offense. Like that could be enough this year to get you to the conference championship game. Uh, sadly enough, especially with how Miami looked, Virginia beat them, how bad Duke looked, Georgia Tech's been bad, Pittsburgh's terrible, Virginia Tech, while they lost to Old Dominion, that tells you about all you need to know about Virginia Tech season, and they nearly found a way to lose in Chapel Hill last Saturday. I, there are a lot of really just mediocre to just flat-out bad teams in the Coastal this year, and Virginia might just be a little bit better than everybody else. We'll find out. We talked before the year that... Virginia has back-to-back road games to finish up the year in Atlanta against Georgia Tech and at uh, Virginia Tech in Blacksburg. And and we talked before the year that, like, that's a really tough road slate to end on. They could have the division locked up by the time they go to Atlanta. Like, those games, in a weird way, could almost end up not mattering. Um, just, a, just a strange year, Mike. It's a strange year. Well, and, and you consider who their biggest opposition is remaining in, in the Coastal. It's probably Virginia Tech. But then you look at Virginia Tech's schedule. Big game on Thursday night in Blacksburg against Georgia Tech. Uh, they have BC at home. They have Miami at home. Like There are some games here uh, coming up for Virginia Tech that make you sit there and look at the thing and say, well, well, you know, Virginia Tech might not get through this stretch completely unscathed. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, you look at Virginia in the context of, well, I mean, we already took care of Miami. We can take care of Georgia Tech in November. And, well, you know, I, I don't know. All I'm saying is keep an eye on Virginia. They have the schedule now out in front of them to be able to go out there and potentially win this division. It's a scary yeah. thought. Scary thought, Joey. I, I don't get it. So, yeah, Virginia is apparently not terrible. Uh, everyone on the coastal might be. Uh, otherwise, who's, who's to say? Virginia 28, Duke 14. Let's move on, Mike. Syracuse 40, North Carolina 37 in double overtime. Man, Syracuse has to come back to win this, you know, to win this game. They uh they're down 27-20 late in the fourth. They they get the ball back and they score a, a quick touchdown to tie the game, send it to overtime. Uh, score a touchdown in the second overtime after uh, North Carolina has already kicked a field goal, and they that's how they win the game. Mike, this just feels like a huge missed opportunity for the Orange. Like that, this UNC team should have been there to be had, and the fact that Syracuse struggled as much as they did and needed like a miraculous comeback win in this is it, it, it's giving me some concern about Syracuse and making me wonder if this team is going to just kind of fall apart here down the stretch. Yeah, I took Syracuse minus 10, so thoughts and prayers are appreciated. Same. same. Um, so let's talk about Eric Dungey, shall we? Mm-hmm. Uh, he made some questionable throws 
Uh, didn't throw any interceptions, but he had a couple that probably should have been. And um, he's pretty exciting when he runs the ball because it's pick your own adventure because he might die. Um, had a touchdown on the ground, 42 yards rushing. Under through, over through, threw it to defenders. And Tommy DeVito came in, Joey. And we've seen how Syracuse has looked when Tommy DeVito's been in the game. They're not too, too bad, and he wasn't too bad. 181 on 11. He was 11 of 19 passing for 181 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Uh, quarterback controversy, perhaps. I mean, North Carolina, Nathan Elliott got the start. He had 321 passing, two touchdowns. Uh, Antonio Williams, 116 yards rushing and a touchdown for North Carolina in this football game. Back and forth, double overtime, a lot of exciting stuff. Syracuse pulls it out late, but I thought it should have been a lot more comfortable than this at home because I'm not sure if it's just that Syracuse isn't very good or that North Carolina is like secretly decent and just finding ways to lose. I'm still trying to figure that out. I think a lot of people are, but man, it just seemed like two bad defenses going head to head in the Carrier Dome on Saturday and Syracuse just find, found a way to make one or two more plays with a different quarterback than Eric Dungy. And that's my biggest takeaway from this football game, Joey. Like you said, I'm not sure what Syracuse is going to be here throughout the remainder of the year. Uh, they're trending in a kind of a weird direction. Uh, their play the last month in particular has been pretty troubling. And Eric Dungy does not really look like the guy that we thought he would be at the beginning of the year. And maybe that's just kind of where we're at with the ACC this year. We don't really have a clue what's going on and that's okay. But Syracuse pulls us out, but I only a field goal, not covering that 10 point spread and taking money out of my pocket, Joey. Mike, this is a Syracuse team that like two or three weeks ago, damn near went into death Valley and beat Clemson. Like, how is that the same Syracuse team that we're talking about now needing a comeback effort and, and a miraculous win against North Carolina, who has been pretty bad for a lot of this year? I mean, I don't know. There is something to be said, and and Bill Conley's pointed this out a couple times, is that Syracuse under Dino Babers has done pretty much all of their damage, you know, winning games early in the year. Um, they, they pretty much haven't won a game in the – last six weeks of the year, I think, in, in the Dino Babers era or something to that effect where they just they do not win games after the first month. And part of that comes back to the defense, not getting enough rotation on the defense. The legs get tired by the end of the season and they're just they're just run, wearing down. I don't know if I want to believe that, um, if that's what's happening here. But, I mean, this, this is a it, – it's really hard to handicap what they are at this point. And I, I agree with you. This is probably a quarterback controversy kind of territory. Um, I, I love I love Eric Dungy um, with all of my heart and soul, Mike. But, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think – I don't know how much you can keep him in there and, and keep going with what Tommy DeVito is showing you when he comes in the game. So – might be quarterback controversy time. Um, I, don't, I don't really know for sure, but we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on that one. Uh, by the way, Nathan Elliott in this game, 34-52 for 321 and two touchdowns, no picks for North Carolina. Is he good? Uh, no. No? Okay. I I just, so. you know, I'm just checking. No, don't think so. Do you think he's good? Uh, I mean, he's no Mitchell Trubisky, Mike. He is no Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, That's God. very clear. Oh, God. Um, but, who, but who is right? Who is? Yeah, uh, Dub Bears. 
I don't know. Um, yeah, still trying to figure out what UNC is. We're going to have plenty more measuring sticks here. Uh, it It's kind of starting to feel like UNC might have missed some chances to win games when they, when they had them because remaining schedule at Virginia, home against Georgia Tech, at Duke, home against Western Carolina, home against NC State. They're gonna they're gonna beat Western Carolina. I don't know which of the four conference games they're gonna win, if any. So might be staring down the barrel of a two and ten year if you're in North Carolina. Could could end up four and eight or five and seven even. I mean, again, it's it's a little bit hard to tell what the Tar Heels are at this point. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, and I mean, you look at North Carolina, and it would be very like Larry Fedora team to find a way to beat Virginia when you're not supposed to beat them now, right? Like, oh, 100%. Find a way to pull that game out. Like, you should have beaten Virginia Tech last Saturday. Probably should have won this Saturday against Syracuse. Like, there are some games that they probably let slip away, and there are some games that they can still win here down the stretch. Like you said, they could be 4-8. and eight. They could be 2-10. and 10. They probably should be somewhere in the middle of that, like three and nine, just somewhere. I don't know, somewhere in the middle. And Georgia Tech. They could be Georgia Tech. They could beat UVA. You mentioned Western Carolina. Like, okay, there's five wins, and that's or four wins, I guess. And then, you know, you pull out another game you're not supposed to, and we're talking about five win North Carolina. And then you're saying, wow, they actually underperformed because they let a couple games slip away against Syracuse and Virginia Tech. This team should be at a bowl game. Uh, who knows? This is a very weird conference this year, Joey, and North mm-hmm. Carolina's not very good. Syracuse is shuffling quarterbacks when really it's just their defense that sucks. Like, I don't know what the conference is at this point, but neither one of these two teams are very good. Yeah, I don't know. Syracuse 40, UNC 37. Last game, Mike, Florida State 38, Wake Forest 17. I think the Deeks might be about done, Mike. Wake Forest in this game jumps out to a 10-0 lead uh, midway through the first quarter. Next thing you know, they're down 38-10. to 10. They gave up 38 straight points to Florida State in this game. Um, man, they I mean, it was a good start. I feel like we saw some flashes from Wake Forest earlier in the year that maybe made me think they were going to be a little bit better than I was giving them credit for, but it's looking like this is going to be a, a pretty rough campaign for, for the Deeks. Uh, I don't have a lot on defense, still trying to sort that whole side of the ball out. Sam Hartman is good in spots, but not consistently over a long, you know, a long amount of time. I, I mean, yeah, rough year for Wake Forest, rough year for the, uh, for the Steven Deeks here, Mike. Yeah. Rough year for Wake Forest. And look, they could not, do anything on defense to stop DeAndre Francois after mm-hmm. those first couple drives. Um, I mean, they did an okay job on him, like through part of the first quarter. And then Francois was like, okay, I found my footing. And then he went 29 of 40 for 353 yards and two touchdowns. And Joey, we've mentioned this a couple times. It's almost like you put the ball in the hands of your best player and you just have him make plays. And that seems like a good path to victory. Yeah, that, I mean, I can see how one would maybe try to approach that strategy. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, Florida State's been doing that and it's been working. So they should keep doing that because they have a pretty tough schedule down the stretch. Like they should just keep giving it to Francois because, hey, he's pretty good. Perhaps. Yeah, I would recommend that. Um, yeah, Florida State uh, turned on the Jets here and looked really, really good for a significant part of this game. Um, really just outplayed Wake in every way. Um, what are the Knowles at this point? Like, Mike, is this game this game because Wake is not good or because Florida State is getting good? I think, I mean, at the very least, we'll find out. Florida State are their five remaining games, four of them against ranked teams. 
Yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure where we're at, right, with Florida State. I mean, we were talking about this a little bit before we hit record, but they do seem better, right? I mean, this isn't the same team that couldn't even pick up a first down against Syracuse. Like, the offense is clearly, clearly better. Mm-hmm. Um, some of that is because you played Northern Illinois, you played Louisville, um, you played Wake. Like, you're playing teams that aren't as good as the competition you were facing earlier in the year. Um, and them not being all that good. So, I mean, you have to talk about Florida State and say that they are getting better because if you play Syracuse right now, you're not losing that game 30-7. to seven. In fact, the way Syracuse has looked the last couple of weeks, especially since the heartbreaker against Clemson, I think I might pick Florida State to win that game if they play it again with the way that this offense is looking right now. So uh, I don't I don't know, Joey. I mean, the defense for Florida State's been great all year. Like they've been pretty solid and it's just been a matter of time before the offense found its footing. We'll find out a lot more about Florida State here the last five or six weeks of the season because they have some two out of the remaining games that they have. So we'll know a lot more about this team here coming down the home stretch. I do think they're better. I do think Wake Forest sucks. I do think it's a little bit of both. Uh, But at the very least, Florida State is going to look somewhat competent against their remaining schedule. And I think that for Willie Taggart, given where they were at the beginning of the year, he'll take it. Just keep giving the ball to DeAndre Francois. Just, Just keep doing it. And trust that Cam Akers is going to break a long play at some point during the game. That that inevitably is going to happen. So, yeah, uh, good win for the Knolls. Uh, relish this feeling while you have it. It might be a while before you feel it again. So, yep, yeah, go ACC. Uh, Florida State thirty-eight, Wake Forest seventeen. Mike, we got a couple of awards to hand hand out here. Uh, first, with the Go ACC moment of the week, there was just a a glorious moment. Uh, early in the Syracuse-North Carolina game. Uh, Syracuse turn around, hand the ball off to Mo Neal. Mo finds himself in space, and oops, there's there's the umpire. Yeah, uh, there's Mo the umpire. Neal absolutely trucks the umpire and then goes and gets another like eight yards. That's yards after contact for what it's worth. I'm, I'm it, counting that as uh, yards after contact. It is. There's a little right analog stick for my fellow NCAA football, you mm-hmm. know, 12 and Madden players out there. Um, yeah. <laughs> little right analog stick going, truck stick on the referee. Pick up a few more yards after that. Like you said, yards after contact. That's what you're going for. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so good on you. Go ACC to you, Mo Neal, uh, trucking the referee. Uh, not bad. Mike, the Brian Van Gorder Memorial You Tried Award, I, I don't know like who the candidate should be here. I mean, maybe it, you can't go to Syracuse here. I, um, I don't know. Do we have a good candidate for the – uh, Brian Van Gorder Memorial, you tried award. Oh man, uh, Daniel Jones, maybe. He's trying. Uh, he's really trying. Um, yeah, Let's State just... tried to make it a competitive game oh. against Clemson. Oh God, um, they're kind of a dumpster fire, though. <laughs> I mean, the offense. What they'll be? Uh, NC State could be our offensive dumpster fire, right? Because they literally couldn't do anything. Which cre- credit Clemson a little bit, right? But. I mean, a little bit. Yeah, just yeah. just a bit, uh, just a bit. Um, 
yeah, let's give the Brian Van Gorda you tried award to Daniel Jones. Um, you tried 22 of 40 for 240, a touchdown, a couple picks. Uh, you tried to keep the offense moving and you failed. He looked really bad in this game. Let's just call it what it is. He was bad. Yeah. They really just in general, they tried to move the ball and, and had a hell of a time trying to do that. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Brian Van Gorder Memorial, you tried to award Daniel Jones. You are the, uh, you are the winner, the lucky recipient of this week. So congratulations. Last Mike, the dumpster fire of the week. And I know that you, you wanted to call out NC state's offense, but I think more importantly, um, I, I have to say, I think we are awarding this to ourselves this week. Um, our picks were an atrocity. Yes. They were really bad. Yeah, they were. I think that's fair. I think our picks were a dumpster fire. Um, I went two and five against the spread this weekend. So that yeah, wasn't good. Great. Yeah, not great. Um, lost a little bit of money there. So mm-hmm. I mean, is what it is. I'm no longer on my heater. So <laughs> <laughs> surprise. <laughs> it's almost like winning it's almost like going 17 and two in a, in a two-week period is not completely sustainable who, who would have thought and if it is you're doing the wrong thing i am i just don't be living in vegas yes i don't know why i'm making podcasts with you you know at that point agreed agreed yeah mike um that's all we've got for week eight while we're here one more thing we wanted to do a couple uh, or i guess it was our week seven recap show uh we did a bit of a kind of a taken inventory right on where we stand with the coastal division relative to our expectations. Want to turn around and do that tonight with the Atlantic here quickly. We've kind of made a couple comments already along these lines um, earlier this this evening, but uh, wanted to quickly kind of go through and see kind of where we're at with several of these teams. Let's start at the bottom of the division uh, at 0 and 4 in conference, two and five overall, the Louisville Cardinals, man, Mike, this team, again, we've talked a little bit about this, that, um, we weren't high on Louisville and then Ethan Moore kind of charged us up a little bit. And then it's, it's probably been even worse than we originally thought it was going to be. The cards are, I think they're quitting. I think they're quitting. I think they're done. Now the big thing becomes next week, they play the next team in this, uh, in this countdown. Uh, that's the Wake Forest steam and Deacons, both of them winless in conference. This might be the only chance either of them has to get a conference win going forward. Yeah. Um, Louisville is worse than I thought. Now, mm-hmm. I didn't think they'd be very good. Uh, like you said, Ethan Moore talked them up, and then I was like, oh, yeah, seven and six. Um, <laughs> I was not completely sold when I said seven and six. Um, and boy, I should have gone with my gut. But even with my gut feeling, I did not think they would be as bad as they are right now. They are really struggling. Like you said, I think they've quit on Petrino. I think that's fair. Jawan Pass probably has not been nearly as good as a lot of people were expecting him to be, myself included. Um, so, I mean, there are a lot of things to consider there with Louisville. Defense has been bad. So, I uh, there's a lot going on there. But Louisville, long story short, definitely worse than I thought they would be. I had Louisville at 7-5 and five this season. LOL. Whoops. LOL to that. Yeah, no way. Um, not good. And it's. I feel like we haven't seen it bottom out yet either. I feel like it's going to get worse. There's all sorts of coaching turmoil here with Bobby Petrino having a massive buyout, but does that even matter? Meanwhile, Jeff Brom just beat Ohio State. Uh, so that's that's not helping Bobby's situation at all, um, this whole thing. Now a Louisville tight end was uh, actually arrested and charged with threatening to kill his girlfriend. Um, they, they immediately suspended him and did all the right things, but that's just another one of those things that 
is going on where nothing can go right for Louisville right now. Um, just a rough year for the cards. Let's move on, Mike. Wake Forest, once again, they're at 0-3, 3-4 overall. They have had a couple of, again, kind of glimpses of showing you good stuff. Um, they won a tough two-lane game to start the year. Uh, they gave Boston College quite a game on a Thursday night shortly after. Uh, they beat the brakes off of Rice. But they've also taken a couple of pretty major losses to Notre Dame and Clemson, who, to be fair, I mean, they – have dished out big losses to a lot of people at this point, but um, to lose the way that they did this week to Florida state kind of gives me some pause looking at wake forest for the rest of the season and thinking that they might, might be a, a team that can get to bowl eligibility. I'm just not sure they can at this point. I had them at four and eight coming into the year. I think that's where I'm at. I think that's probably about right for where they're going to finish up here. Maybe get to five and seven, but I don't think this is a, uh, this is a bowl team right now with wake forest. They're about what I thought they would be. Uh, I'm not really surprised that they're struggling against good teams and beating bad teams. That's kind of what I thought when I was looking at Wake Forest, uh, especially without John Wolford this year. Sam Hartman's been pretty good for a freshman. I mean, he's had his moments where he's looked really bad. He's had his moments where he's looked really good. I mean, all in all, he's looked like a freshman quarterback in the ACC. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think the future's bright for him. I think Wake Forest will be better. Um this has nothing to do with Dave Clawson. It's just a rebuilding year. And um, they're exactly where I thought they would be given the losses that they had on both sides of the football. Yeah. Um, tough year for Wake. We'll see if they can uh, turn around the ship. They've got games left, again, at Louisville, home against Syracuse, at NC State, home against Pitt, at Duke. There's at least a couple winnable games in there. Um, I, You know, if, if everything goes right, they could still make a bowl game, honestly. Um, it's that's not out of the question, you know, to have beaten, you know, we'll say Louisville, Pittsburgh, and then maybe either Duke or Syracuse. I mean, that's that's doable. I, I don't know if they will, but it could happen. It's doable. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. And we'll move on. Uh, Florida State two uh, two and three, fifth in the Atlantic Division right now, four and three overall. And as we talked about earlier, Mike, Florida State's chances to get wins without being all that good of a team are behind them at this point. Um, remaining games against number two, Clemson, number 22, NC State, number three, Notre Dame, Boston College, and number nine, Florida. You're going to be lucky, I think, to go two and three over that stretch. You'll have to beat Boston College and then knock off someone else that's, that's at the very least, has been playing a lot better than you have this year. Yep. I mean, we'll have to see. It's just, I don't know. They're, they're about where we thought, right? I mean, that's kind of what it boils down to. I mean, I had them at eight and four, so <laughs> they've, they've already lost three games. I, I mean, they're going to lose a few more of these. It, it's it's going to be a, a tougher year than I thought it was going to be originally in Tallahassee. That's for sure. I, yeah, but I mean, okay, so I had them, I think I had them eight and four, nine and three. I can't exactly remember. I mean, this is going to be tough to get to bowl eligibility, but at the same time, like the things that they've struggled with, I think are things we were expecting them to struggle with, just maybe not to the degree, right? So, yeah, often, like offensively, for example, it was a new system, right? Like in the context of their record not being as good as we thought, like, yes, this is not the team that we thought they could be, right? But the things they've struggled with are things we were expecting them to struggle with. Um, offensive line wasn't good last year. Still not good. Um, thought they'd run the football, I guess, a little bit better than they have, but that started to come around the last few weeks. 
Uh, they're trying to find some playmakers on the outside. That was another question. Like who would step up outside Nyquan Murray um, defensively? Like they were losing some players on that side of the football and they've been okay there, but haven't been as good as they've been in years past. So I, it's hard. It's hard for me to look at Florida state right now and be like, okay, outright, like not the team we thought they would be. I didn't think they would be 10 and two or 11 and one or something like that. But like mm-hmm. their record's not nearly as good as I thought, but the things that they've had issues with and they've been trying to correct are things that we looked at at the beginning of the year. We were like, Hey, like keep an eye on that offensive line. Keep an eye. Like who are the playmakers on the outside? Like take a look at that defense. Like they, I guess they have a pretty good front seven, but there's some guys there they need to replace. Like from that standpoint, it's not a huge surprise that they've struggled in, in that regard. It's just a degree that they've struggled. I think that's been most surprising. Yep. At two and two in conference, five and two overall, the Syracuse Orange looking like there might be uh might be able to get over that bowl eligibility hump this year, Mike. Uh, they've played fairly well against you know a couple of teams so far, but they've got a couple winnable games left again at Wake Forest and home against Louisville. Um, not to mention games against NC State at home, Notre Dame at home, or excuse me, that's in uh, that's at Yankee Stadium, and then on the road at Boston College to end the year. There, there are winnable games here. Are the Syracuse Orange going bowling for the first time under Dino Babers, Mike? I think so. I think. You think? I think. I'm. It's it's hard to ask me that question after I watch them struggle to beat North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they beat the brakes off Florida State. They nearly beat Clemson and Death Valley. I mean, there are some promising signs, and you know, they do have a schedule where I look at it right now, and I'm like, yeah, they could find a way to get to six they're taking steps in the right direction but games like the one we just saw on saturday against north carolina like you win ugly right that's fine it's better than you know you'll take an ugly win over you know a quote-unquote good loss right any day but Mm -hmm. this is one of those things where i look at syracuse i'm like man they are still having some fundamental issues on the defensive side of the football that really makes me wonder if they can get to six wins (laughs) it's I need what, one more. I know one they only Syracuse. I know they only need one more. Like they're right, they're right on the precipice of it, right? And they've taken the steps in the right direction. But man, oh man, that defense is atrocious, Joey. I mean, it's real bad. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think either of us would be surprised if all of a sudden we look at this team at the end of the year. We were like, oh, look at them. They sputtered down the stretch. And then you look at their defense and you're like, oh, that's that's why. Oh, okay. And, and not be too surprised at the end of the day. It's been traditionally like what has uh, has let them down, but I don't know. I'm curious. I'm curious to see if Syracuse can get it done, get over the hump. I think they will. I'm going to say that they do. Uh, and they get to six and six, maybe even seven and five. If you want to get real saucy with it, that, that could happen. Um, at number three in the Atlantic Division, Mike, two and one in conference, five and two overall. The Boston College Eagles, the dudes. Perhaps not quite what we thought they were going to be coming into the year, but that not like a bad team either. Yeah, I as some people were saying, oh, BC, they can contend with Clemson and win the Atlantic. I was like, oh, OK, that's it. Yeah. Like, are you sure? Because um, I that's wasn't a lot of credit. That's yeah, that's a lot of credit for a team that really didn't have a quarterback up until this year. Now, Anthony Brown's look pretty good. They didn't have A.J. Dillon for a couple games here. Uh, in the middle of the schedule because he's been dealing with injuries. Um, You know, if they get him back, obviously a much different offense and they find balance and Anthony Brown's better. And 
you know, the defense has been solid. So, I mean, BC's good, man. They're good. They're a solid football team. They're, uh, I mean, they're sitting at five and two, two and one in the, in the conference. And uh, this is a team that can definitely win some games here down the stretch. They're definitely a team that can get back into the top 25. They were there briefly before finding a way to lose to Purdue. So, you know, BC is an interesting team. I think they're right in that eight and four, seven and five range, um, just given their schedule, who they have remaining. And they've looked a little bit uneven without AJ Dillon in the lineup, which is to be expected. But I think you get him back, um, you know, you get him back after the bye week and he looks healthy and he's able to run a little bit better. And Anthony Brown can, you know, help get this offense in balance. I think Boston College is certainly a team that uh, can be dangerous here in the second half of the year. For what it's worth, I had Boston College at eight and four. I think we're I think we're on schedule for that. Uh, really interesting home game coming up this week at uh, against Miami on Friday night. That could get real saucy. Uh, they go to Blacksburg to play Virginia Tech, and that could be an interesting game. Uh, they get Clemson at home. Could no, it's not going to be interesting. At Florida State, and that's a winnable game. And home against Syracuse, they got a bunch of winnable games left on the schedule, Mike. It's it's pretty forgiving and. Um, doing the uh, the damage they did early on is is going to be a, a very beneficial thing. I think they're on pace for at least eight and four here. Yep. So good year for the dudes. Um, at number two, now two and one in conference and a uh, a, a slightly um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I've, I've, I don't know what the word is. A blemished, a slightly blemished five and one record. The NC State Wolfpack coming off of an absolute beatdown by Clemson on Saturday. I I mean, again, it's, it's kind of going to be a matter of how they react to that and how they respond. They've got plenty of winnable games down the stretch here at Syracuse, home against Florida State, uh, home against Wake Forest, at Louisville, at UNC, and home against ECU. I mean, they've got six games there that they could probably win nine games easily this season. It's just a matter, again, of how, how are they going to respond to this beatdown by Clemson, Mike? It's funny, too. I mean, NC State could win nine games and we could still be sitting here like we don't have a clue how good they are, right? Yeah. A lot yeah. of these a lot of these wins come against the ACC teams that just really aren't that good. And NC State's West Virginia game was canceled. You get murdered by Clemson, who's a college football playoff team. And it's like, OK, well, NC State, ho-hum, they go nine and three. It's like, OK, well, good season. Like, I can't even grade them at this point. Uh, I thought they'd be decent. I wasn't really sure. I mean, I mean, I think I had them second or third in the division. I uh, thought they'd be pretty good. Wasn't exactly sure what we'd get out of them uh, for the entirety of the season. I mean, they do have some pieces there in place, but there are a lot of things that you look at with the team uh, coming into the year. And, you know, it's like, okay, defensively, you lost some studs. Offensively, you lost some playmakers. Like, what are you? At least you have Ryan Finley. And then Ryan Finley plays pretty well for most of the year, goes out against Clemson and does not look good even a little bit. So it's an incomplete grade for NC State at this point. Really wish we had that West Virginia game, but I think they're right on pace to win eight, nine. Maybe they get to 10 wins, but I mean, this is a weird, a weird year for the ACC. You can win nine or 10 games and still not be all that good. The biggest thing, just can't let Clemson beat you twice here if you're, if you're uh, NC State. So we'll see if they can do that. Lastly, Mike, sitting atop the Atlantic Division at 4-0 in conference at 7-0 overall and number two in the country. Your Clemson Tigers are uh, looking like they're they're on pace to uh, finish this year 12-0. I, I had them at 12-0. I felt like I was really going off on a limb. I don't like picking teams, anybody, to go undefeated. 
I feel like at some point somebody's going to screw up somewhere and somebody's going to lose a game. But Clemson not doing that and probably the best shot anybody's had at him. Road game at Texas A&M, almost got away from him. Home game against Syracuse, comeback win. I don't see any of Florida State, Louisville, Boston College, Duke, or South Carolina doing that to Clemson. I think we're talking about a 12-0 playoff-bound Tiger team here. Yeah, slow start. They're now molded into form. Trevor Lawrence looks really good, looks really comfortable, more importantly, in the offense. Uh, Mm -hmm. Defense has looked really good. They've had a couple of those games where you looked at and you were like, oh, could have lost there, Texas A&M. Oh, could have lost there to Syracuse, and they didn't. And now you look at the rest of the schedule, and I don't see any of those teams beating Clemson. Uh, so yeah, they, they look really good. They're the team we expect them to be, uh, started a little bit slower than I expected, I guess. Um, but you know, overall, uh, this is definitely a college football playoff team. Um, a team that could certainly run the table in the ACC, you know, this is a team that could get to the ACC championship game and no matter who they play, it's not even going to be close to the toughest game they've played all year. Right. Like mm-hmm. whoever they play and whoever the coastal representative is, like we, we've talked about Virginia, maybe it's Virginia tech, maybe Miami still finds a way to get in there. Like, there, there are a handful of teams in the Coastal Division that still have a shot to play in Charlotte in the conference title game, and it won't even come close to the toughest game that Clemson's played this year. That game probably belongs to Texas A&M, maybe Syracuse at home where they struggled for a while, but Trevor Lawrence was knocked out, so I kind of throw that one out a little bit. And, um, I mean, regardless, I think Clemson, all signs point to 13-0 and at this point, especially with the way they've looked the last couple of weeks in particular, beating the brakes off Wake Forest. Um, another blowout win this weekend. So Clemson looks really good. They look like a team that could definitely make a run, not only at, at winning the winning the ACC, which seems like a foregone conclusion, but also going to the playoff and making some noise trying to get back to a national championship. Absolutely. I, I don't see Clemson getting beat by any of those teams. They switched to Trevor Lawrence as the starting quarterback midway through the Georgia Tech game. And since then, you know, you, you look at Georgia Tech, you look at uh, Syracuse, you look at, uh, NC State this week, all those games won by at least 28 points. I mean, they're, they are beating the brakes off of everybody. Now, there was the one game in the, in the middle, The uh, excuse me, that was the Syracuse game that they uh, it got a little squirrely on them, but they, um, that, that was the one game that got a little bit tight, and that was when Trevor Lawrence wasn't in the game for a lot of it, right? I mean, so this, I, this just seems like a different Clemson team that we're looking at here over the last few weeks, and um, I, I think having Trevor Lawrence there is definitely a, a different level of threat. If you want to talk about Clemson trying to pose a threat to an Alabama or uh, someone equivalent in the college football playoff. Yep. Clemson, Bama four. <laughs> it's it's coming. You don't know if it's going to be in the semifinal or the title game, but it's definitely coming. It's coming. All right. Uh Mike, that's a uh, a good look at the ACC Atlantic where we stand. I, I think it's pretty clear Clemson, the uh, the absolute class of the division, and and they proved that with a uh, just an emphatic win over NC State this week. Beyond that, there there's a little bit of anybody's guess between NC State, Boston College, Syracuse, Florida State, and there's a couple of pretty bad teams in Wake Forest and Louisville at the bottom. So. Yep. I think there's some pretty clear tiers here where there's this big middle tier of teams that on any given week could do one thing or another and you don't really know. So um, should be interesting to see how the rest of the year shakes out for the Atlantic division. Mike, anything else you wanted to hit on before we get out of here? I think we're good, man. Solid recap, I thought. It has been a solid recap. Um, It was a good weekend. Lots of uh, good football being played and 
results that we clearly did not predict. Um, however, uh, we got a full slate of ACC games coming up next weekend. It's uh, seven games to talk about featuring all 14 ACC teams. It is just a whole bunch of conference action. That's just the way God intended it, Mike. It should be a, a good week to come back and preview here in a couple of days. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. So we're going to do that. We're going to come back in a couple of days and preview that. In the meantime, you guys can find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel CFB. And together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Y'all can send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Yep. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, the Overcast app, wherever fine podcasts are sold. And Mike, tell them where they can find us on the social medias. Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there, Joey. Please do. Please do. We, we very much appreciate your, your ratings and uh, your likes and your subscribes and all that. Um, it's been great trying to grow this podcast this season. I know that you guys have been sharing us with your friends. We very much appreciate that. Uh, the numbers are starting to reflect that. So thank you. Um, really appreciate it. Mike, anything else before we get out of here? I think we're good, man. Uh, only four games, but we did the best we could with the recap. I will be here for the preview this week, so that's good. I won't, oh, yeah. Won't be uh, hiding behind my work computer, so that'll be good. Getting the band back together. Yeah, that's that we are. On. That we are. Um, thanks again to Justin, by the way. No, we said that at the top, but big thanks to him. Big shout out. Yeah, huge thanks to Justin Cates once again. He, he did a great job coming on helping to preview those games. Um, Mike, let's come back and uh, preview week nine. I can't believe we're in week nine. I know. It's going Make crazy it fast. Make it stop. I'm, uh, I'll try. Okay. Thanks. All right. I'll let you know what I find out. Anyways, uh, Mike, it's been fun. Let's come back and pr- preview those games. But until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. And until then, go ACC. Go ACC.